two, one. What's going on, Kim Fogg? Yes, sir. Welcome back. Key to the City Podcast. This is episode four, season two. We steady making headway, man. I appreciate everybody that's been supporting your boy, especially through season one. I'm learning with uh, each episode and uh, just trying to step my game up each time. So I appreciate y'all, man, support. Uh, episode three, we had my guy Low Gut on here. Uh, he's the owner of Cross Customs, Cross Colors Customs uh, down there in Simpson County in Mississippi, man. So y'all check him out. Go support the drip. You dig that? And we still going to keep bringing you high-quality content, high-quality guests, and today is no difference. I got the homie with me, the queen in the building with me. She's an entrepreneur and the owner of Dope Since 1980 Apparel. Y'all need to check them out, get some of that. I definitely need to support her, get me a free threads. Uh, she's a JSU D. I Love grad. That's right. Um, and uh, I say she's connected with the pulse of the Jackson indie music scene. And you're going to find out why. Gonna hear a little more about her background, uh, why music is such a passion of hers. I want to get her opinion on what's going on with the recent uh, murders in Georgia, uh, not only with Rashard Brooks, but also with um, what's my man's name? Was it Ahmad? I think it's Ahmad. Yeah, yeah, Ahmad Aubrey. Uh, so we're gonna talk about that, just a little bit about everything, man. So uh, Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the show, Miss Danielle Walls. What's going on, Queen? What's going on? What's up? I can't complain. Appreciate you joining me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, before we get started, I always got to mention uh, every... Uh, the first time I met this queen was during Jackson Indie Music Week last year. Uh, that was 2019, yeah. Yeah. And it was a funny situation because uh, I seen they had posted they were trying to get uh, different people to come out and kind of help as far as uh, I think it was social media, promotions, just different things. And uh, I was thinking about starting a podcast at the time, but I was approaching it like I had everything up and running already. I'm ready to <laughs> rock. <laughs> so uh, I remember reaching out to her and um, she was asking me. The name of the podcast, what it's about, I really didn't know, so I didn't respond to the email, but I went to one of the events and actually ran into her and uh, introduced myself, and I said, I'm the guy that emailed you, and she was like, yeah, 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 so tell me more about the podcast, and I was just like, well, I actually don't have one right now, but I just thought it was funny because I kind of spoke it into existence, so to speak, so uh, yeah, that was a, a funny introduction, but give my audience a little bit about your background, just a little bit about your time at uh, JSU and uh, your music background. Okay, yeah. So <clears throat> I don't want to give you a whole spiel, but nah. you know, I started playing trumpet in in, in middle school, and that's okay. where that's where you know my my uh, you know musicianship. You know, that's where that's where I became a musician. Like my my journey to musicianship. Um, you know was in the band in middle school, you know, I've always loved music, you know, um, so I got selected to be mm. in the band in middle school. It was like a different type of thing in middle yeah. school. Like they, they, they recruited the, the smartest people in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm. Yeah. Um, Cause you have to read music. Yeah. You had to read music. Exactly. Um, yeah, so they just came and like got me and was like, you know, hey, uh, do you want to play in the band? I was like, sure. So um, I posed trumpet, um, and at the time, my band director said, "Girls don't play trumpet; they play cornet." 
which mm. is you know not true at all. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that's what I started out on cornet, and um, but it developed my tone and all of that stuff, and that got me to Jackson State eventually. You know, I chose. Jackson State, um, the marching band was dynamic, and so that's where I chose to attend uh, college. You know, and was you out there like this, like the <laughs> rocking the house? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So I was in the boom. Um, I was in the boom for uh, you know my my entire time in college, and um, that's where I met Cortez. And uh, mm. shout out Cortez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we became, you know, really good friends. He was one of my best male friends, you know. And um, eventually, like, you know, after I graduated, I I ended up working at Jackson State in the music department on the band staff. And um, he did, too, for about a year. Um, Mm -hmm. He was kind of going back and forth with Wayne at the time. But um, he was on the band staff for a while as a percussion you know, uh, instructor, assistant type thing, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, he eventually went to Wayne full time. And after mm-hmm. I, uh, after about five years, I was, you know, ready to move into uh, the music industry. Um, right. I was working on my master's in music education and, um, uh, you know, I just reached out. I reached out really just like, Hey, um, you know, any, body any labels that need internships because i was like i need to figure out how to get my foot in the door you know um, right 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 because i was working with skip coon at the time and they were like naming me my, their manager but i didn't know what the hell a manager did i was like <laughs> okay so i was like i need more experience like i need mm-hmm. to like really learn what i'm doing you know like what what this what does this mean you know what i mean what am i supposed to be doing as a as a manager to an artist it was skip coon and mr nick at the time and um they just believed in me like that they were like yeah so you know you are a manager blah 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 i was like all right cool um because yeah. I, I really reached out to i reached out to nick and skip really to it's, it's a funny story i reached out to them to um be like a roadie you know mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. i just want to kind of come along and like help out like whatever and so they uh they brought me to the studio um to <laughs> they brought me to the studio to for an interview right okay. now, I, knew, I knew nick a little bit better than skip at the time nick and i were, were friends and we you know we you know we we were friends you know what i mean and they had kind of just put out the uh women revolution tennis shoes album you should check that out by the way if you haven't heard it women revolution Yes, yeah, Skip Coon and Mr. Nick. Um, you might have to get a hard copy because I don't even know if that's. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, you have to find. What year was this? Two thousand eight. So, okay. uh, Fifth Child might have it. Like, okay. you, some, yeah, some 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 heads might have it for sure. Uh, the, the hard copies. I still got some in Detroit. It's wild, but anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, so they brought me to the, the studio <laughs> for an interview and they wrote, they wrote these questions on like this printer paper, mm-hmm. this like <laughs> long, it was like pages of it. Right. And they were like serious questions at first, but then 
it was like a, a wild question in there. And I just started laughing. I was like, man, I'm sitting here answering these questions or whatever, like on the piece of paper. It was hilarious. And they just bust out laughing like, man, we're interviewing you for real. So they like, were playing with you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. So, um, so uh, that's how I started, like in the music business, I, I guess you could say, you know, just with them. You remember um, the first gig you booked for them? I want to say it was New Orleans. Mm. I want to say, I want to say it was New Orleans. Yeah, the first gig I went to with them was at Dragons Den in New Orleans. And anybody mm. who knows about Dragons Den knows it's like it's a, it's like a, it's not a hole in the wall, but a lot of places are hole in the walls in New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but Dragons Den, the best vibe where, too. Yeah, Dragons Den was where it started. It, that's where it started, and I was—I remember doing video for him. It was dark as hell in there, um, but yeah, that's where we started. That's really where we started. Like as far as doing shows, we we did about three shows before we did anything in Jackson, New Orleans. So, um, yeah. So before, from there, uh, no, go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. So from there, I just you know I was like, all right, cool. Like I need to I need to learn some more about this business and this this industry. So I reached out to Tez, like I said about. Um, you know, an internship or something, not with him, just with anybody that, you know, right. like any label, any, you know, comp management company. And uh, he didn't reply <laughs> to the text, but he called me later and he was like, oh, so you want to come work for me? And no, he was like, so you want to come into my crazy world? And I was like, mm. yeah, like, you know, so I kind of ran down like it's like I was on the, the band assistant. Um on the band staff. So I basically handle like all of the logistics, like the travel and, you know, that's 250 people, some odd people. Um, plus, so yeah. So I I handled the travel logistics, like the equipment ordering and the rentals. So, you know what I mean? All those instruments and uniforms, like that was all me, like ordering all of that equipment, supplies, the uniforms, all of that. And making sure they ate, you know what I mean. So right, right, right. I, I just ran it down like I can do it. Da da da. da. And um, so he he was like, "All right, uh, I bring you, I bring you out here." And I was like, "Okay, uh, cool." Like you know what I mean. And I was like, "I'm excited." And he mm-hmm. laughed. And he was like, "Okay, then." Like you know. So he's like, "When you want to start?" I told him after um, the school year ended. You know what I mean. I wanted to, of course, continue to feel, fulfill my obligations. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. as a, as employee at, at Jackson State. So, um, yeah, I went out and um, went out to Miami. Um, I, I did a little Memorial Day, like, you know, uh, kick back with my friends. Basically, we just hung out that weekend. He got there. And then, like, the next day, he was like, oh, yeah, we got a flight tomorrow at 2. And just I was like, like, All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, like and I told my friends and my actually like my girlfriend at the time, and she was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'm leaving like that too because we was partying. We were just in Miami right. for, for uh, Memorial Day." And um, she was like, "All right." I was like, "I know." So the first show that we, the first thing that I did, like we got off the plane, we went we we went to New York, and the first thing that I we did that I did with Tez as his assistant was. Drake's SOB show. <laughs> that was the first thing I ever did. I got off the, we walk into the building and I walked, we we walk into the building and his partner was like, D, it's so good to meet you. Heard everything about you, man. Da, 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 da. And I was like, what? So um, uh, then 
we get off the elevator, Bum B is on is like right there in front of my face. I, it was it was a shock, you know what I yeah. mean? And the first show we did was um yeah, it, I mean the first yeah the first thing I did with 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 Tez with Young Money was Drake's SOB show, and it was wild, um, you know. And that's where I met him and a bunch of other people, and that's when it started. It was it was <laughs> it was feet ahead from there. Yeah. How was you able to pull off your responsibilities without freezing up from being starstruck? Man, um, I put it like this: like really. Being in the band, like we were kind of around artists, you know, because sometimes they would perform with us for halftime and that sort of thing. But I learned from my one of my band directors, um, Paul Adams, at the time he was a associate director of bands and the head arranger. And he used to, when we used to go on like trips with pet band and whatnot, he would uh he would just tell us like act like you act like you do this, act like you've been here before, act like this is, you know, this is like, this isn't new to you. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of carried that with me in like life, you know, like I wouldn't, I, I never, I never got starstruck. The only time I ever really got starstruck was uh, with Kanye. Mm. When did you meet him? Um, 2011, I want to say on tour with Nicki. He, it was like, yeah, it was like a bread alert. Like Kanye's coming to perform. You know, uh, I forgot what monster. I don't know. I think it was. Yeah, that was out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they he came to perform, and I was like texting everybody, like, please make sure I meet him. Like, please. <laughs> and uh, and he, you know, he walked up. We were, you know, uh, to, to get ready to go on stage, and I just walked up and introduced myself. I was, just, <laughs> I was just yeah. like, yo. You know, and I tried so hard not to stare at him, but I felt him staring at me. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. So standing on the music tip and basically how you got your start, tell my audience how important networking is and kind of building like a pipeline of contacts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, networking, man. Um, it, it gives me anxiety sometimes, but mm-hmm. <laughs> really. Yes. Um, uh, it's it's super important that you meet people in the industry that you want to work in or that you work in because those are the people that are going to get you along. It just don't you just don't uh, walk into the music business and get a job. You know what I mean? But when you do, when you are positioned, you know, in in the space, especially especially when in the indie space, especially if you want to grow and um and 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 you know evolve you know, as far as your role in the, in the music business and music industry, um, you have to network, you have to, um, you know, you got to make friends. <laughs> that's what, it, that's, exactly. what it is. that's yeah. all networking is, is making friends in right. the industry that you work in and that you want to work in because right. those, those people are going to get you, you know, uh, you, you end up helping each other. It's a network. You network so that you can create your network of mm-hmm. people you can go to for this or that, you know, like you were networking, you know what I mean? I was about to say that. That yeah, was my whole goal. When I um, when I first got back to the city, because I was out in Houston for a while, so when I first got back, I was and looking at the indie music thing, I was like, who are all the contacts? I want to build a connection with these people, try to establish a relationship with these people. That's why I reached out to you. That's why I'm still reaching out to you. That's why I reached out to Cash. So, and things are slowly coming along, because Y'all didn't know me from a can of paint, but it's about yeah. introducing yourself and 
you know, saying making yourself friendly and let people know that you're here in the space mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. wouldn't learn. So exactly. definitely got to have a humble approach. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, you, and need- people need to see your face. You know what I mean? Like, right. And, you know, if you want to get close to someone, you got to you got to do what you have to do. You know what I mean? You got to make friends. You got to, you know. That's just that's just what it is, man. Your friends should be the in the in your in the industry you work in. Like a lot of your friends should be in the industry that you, you know, want to get into or work in, you know? Thanks. That's just, I mean, you know, not to say that you should, you know, your your friends are your friends, but you should like make friends in the industry, man, because you never know. You just never mm-hmm. know. It's about who you know. You know, it's, it's a cle it's a cliche, but it really is about who you know. It really that's is. Facts. Yeah. You might have somebody call you out the blue and say, "Hey, can you work this event for me?" So yeah. you never know what happened. Now you um you currently reside in the A ATL. Yeah. Um, music scene been popping for quite a while. They done had a stronghold on the music industry for a while. Mm-hmm. You're from Jackson, from Jackson State. Uh, so you familiar? Actually, she from D Town. I'm sorry, from the D. It's so cold in the D. <laughs> that is where she's from. So I apologize. Mm-hmm. Well, Motown. Yeah, all good. Yeah. <laughs> so you got kind of got like experiences on all sides. Mm-hmm. And I want to know your thoughts on the Jackson indie hip hop scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, not specifically the artists right now, but there's always a comparison between, well, you've had a lot of artists in the past that say, we need to build kind of like a solidarity like Atlanta or whatever the case may be. They try to compare mm-hmm. those two cities, but you have people like Kamikaze that says, you know, the scene in Atlanta is no better than the scene here as far as people getting along. Because the uh, assumption is that people in Atlanta stick together and they ride this wave and support everybody. And you yeah. can't mess with the A without messing with all of us. Uh, I want to know your whole thoughts on first, just a comparison between an independent artist trying to make it in Jackson versus one trying to make it in uh, Atlanta and the Mm -hmm. different resources one has over the other. Or is there any? Nah. So yeah, there's, there's no difference. Um, Jackson is, is, is a thriving Mm -hmm. uh, music scene right now. And, um, it you know it is no different than Atlanta really you know uh it's just a smaller it's a smaller city that's all uh i don't i don't think one well, i don't think there there needs to ever be a comparison mentioned because i see what i see is that all that the artists are like you know i won't say unified cuz i don't want it you know it's not right. like a movement <laughs> but uh, <laughs> There is a there is a thriving music scene in Jackson. I would not ever yes. say that there isn't. Now there is like maybe some years ago, you know, it was kind of struggling a little bit as far as like, you know, but everywhere everywhere I look, all of the people I see, they support each other like to the fullest. Right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think, you know, in order to some for some people you you know, you have to go out there and see what's out there, but that's just, that can come with touring. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you have to leave to get it popping, like leave in terms of like move away. Right. Because honestly, when you move away, you it, it depends. You have to have a goal. You have to have an intention. 
Like, what is your intention? If you're going to move to Atlanta, what you going to do when you move to Atlanta? Because it's a bigger place. Right, you know right. What I mean? right. It's a bigger, it's a bigger, it's a bigger uh, lake. It's a bigger mm-hmm. pool. So, like, how are you going to, like, how are you going to increase your footprint in a whole nother city, you know, or, or town? You have to think about that. And when you're, if you're in Jackson and you popping, make it popping. Like, keep it popping in the place that you're at. And then right. just score. <laughs> like, that's all you got to do. This is all you have to do. And network. That's it. You tour, have to conquer tour. where you are first, right? Yeah, tour, network, improve your craft, work on your craft, study your craft, and keep it going. Like, get it popping. You know, and I think um, Kaz can speak to it because, you know, Shout out, Kaz. My, uh, you know, shout partner. out, my dog. Um, Kaz can speak to it because him and Banner popped off from Jackson, and now mm-hmm. he's managing an artist, Silas, who popped off in, from Jackson. You know what I mean? So um, he has proof, you know, and 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 artists <clears throat> that I've worked with, you know, Skip, <clears throat> um, uh, Coke, like they they. You know, they they get it popping in other cities and other other places. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think it's really just about going out here and you know and seeing what's out here, touring, meeting people, networking, and you know, and building your network, improving your like, you know, <laughs> your, your ten friends around you <laughs> that <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like improving on that, you know, um, mm-hmm. and making sure that you know you have. Supporting these other cities, that's it. That's all you need in these other cities is support. You know, mm-hmm. for people to leave. I've seen people leave and their career fell off completely mm-hmm. because they relocated and they didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not it's not about it's not about that. I mean, of course, some of these other cities, uh, you know, of course, uh, L.A., uh, Atlanta um, <clears throat> are popping. Uh, but honestly, I wouldn't even say LA is popping. <laughs> you, because you gotta, you gotta. When you look, when you think about it, you still have to start on the indies, on the indie level, Man. right? So, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So if you go into Atlanta, if you go to LA, first of all, LA does not have a music scene. Let's mm. be clear. Let's be clear. It doesn't. Expand. LA people live in LA <laughs> that mm-hmm. are popping. After they start popping, but uh, <laughs> you know um, what I mean. There, yeah. There's no music scene in LA. You know what I mean. That's that's the big that's the big city. That's a big city where people come to, uh, to you know, um, to tour in these large venues. But I've never been to an indie show in LA ever. Mm. I wouldn't even know where to find them, to be honest. That's it's a good it's point. already yeah. popping in LA, Atlanta. You can. I mean, you got you got showcase after showcase after showcase in Atlanta. Um, you know that you can get on stage if that's what it's about. But you know, at the end of the day, like you got to meet these producers and these engineers and these other artists and these promoters. You gotta you gotta get out here and grind. And you can do that in Jackson. Learn how to do it. You know, on the on your local scene because you got the support there. You got the venues. You got the Mm-hmm. You know, not very many promoters of hip hop, you know, but you got some um, in Jackson, you know what I mean, that that do shows. Um, but that's what it's about. It's about doing shows and, and just meeting those people that are in that circle. 
you know. And I like how um, you have more media platforms popping up in the city now. Yeah. Uh, that's trying to grow. Uh, you can mention mine. You can mention Sip Talk. You can mention um, yeah the PBS platform. Uh, and I like that because uh, a lot of people, I, it's been said that you can't go on a press run in your own city like you can in Atlanta or mm. New York or somewhere like that. So I like that all these platforms are popping up. So, And that's a part of it. That's a part of why people leave because there are no, you know, there weren't any mm-hmm. um, digital media, con- you know, platforms. There weren't any digital media journalists. There weren't any, right. you know what I mean? Like who, who do I, you know, who helps me with these things? you know mm-hmm. and there were only a couple people really not really that many people that you can go to to help you know at the time that you thought you could go to you know um at the time meaning like maybe five you know years ago mm-hmm. uh that that had the acumen that had the savvy that knew you know uh that had their you know their 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 finger on the pulse of uh, you know what's going on out here in the industry and in and in Jackson. So mm-hmm. I, I can see why a person would think, okay, I it ain't I can't accomplish any I can't get any further here um, because there weren't any platforms, any promoters, any mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like attorneys even that, right 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 yep. um, that could help you know like carry it along, help you get further along. Mm-hmm. So now you have that. You know, it's Lord and we need to keep growing. And yeah. um, lastly, on the music tip, what do you it seems like it's been a, uh, a resurgence in female rap and it's like a variety. You could you got your niggas, you got your Megan, you got but you also have your Rhapsodies. You have your um, I know I forget the young lady name every time, but. Instead of it being like one lane for like the female rappers, they're becoming the they're being more. Uh, there's you're seeing various styles from uh, several female rappers. What's your thought on the female MC scene right now? Do you even like the title FMC? I do not like FMC. It's corny, yeah. but um, <laughs> 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 that's super corny to me. Um, but. Uh, I, you know, Nikki held the, you know, I mean, she still kind of holds the throne, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is outstanding. But um, I, I think it's, I think it's incredible. I think it's, I think it's amazing. It's awesome. Like it's, you have, you know, like you, you mentioned, you mentioned Nikki, you mentioned Megan, and you mentioned Rhapsody, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you can kind of say, you know, M- Megan. You can kind of say that Megan and Nikki are kind of yeah. similar, but yeah. but Nikki sings, so mm-hmm. and she's a pop artist as well. So, um, you know, Megan Megan hasn't 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 you know set foot really into the pop world yet. Right, you know? right, right. Um, and I, I've never heard her sing either. But um, but those are so those are I mean you can say those are three different artists, but I, I I really love it because when I was coming up, you know, you had MC Light, Queen mm-hmm. Latifah, had mm-hmm. Salt and Pepper, you had, you know, Ben Kim. Yeah, Yo Yo. <laughs> all of these like amazing women, left eye, like all of these amazing mm-hmm. artists who uh <laughs> who just you know, own their womanhood, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, and, and, and 
and did the thing. Like all of these girls, you know, probably had cousins and friends and, you know, male cousins and friends who rapped. And, you know, of course it's like, you know, like I'm about to, you know, you kind of by default, you know, either learn how to or want to, you know? And so, um, yeah, like they, they have as many bars <laughs> as any other rapper. You know, I just were rappers to me. They're all mm-hmm. rappers. If you got right. if you got a pen game, you're a rapper, period. It doesn't matter female or male, of course. It does because you you know, if you add the if you add <laughs> if you add the sexiness to it, you know what I mean? The you know, the the, the barely clothed part mm-hmm. piece to it, then that adds, you know, kind of a another layer of, of woman, you know, ownership to it. But um but they're all rappers, man. They're all MCs. All of them can, you know, any of them can can command a stage. You know, shout out Vitamin C, Jules. Shout out C, Jules. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, nah, I think the women, the landscape is, you know, is, is, is nice. It's really nice. And mm-hmm. I love to see, you know, I love to see it. I really do. So, Same yeah. Here. Yeah. The the female rapper, we can call them that if you want to call them that, but um because they are, you know, women at the same time is it's amazing, you know. I'm gonna go with rappers. Yeah. Since Danielle say it's corny for the <laughs> other terms, I'm gonna go with rappers. Uh Key to the City podcast. We got the Queen Danielle Walls in the building. Uh let's switch it up a little minute. Now you reside in Georgia. It's been going down in Georgia, man. A lot of yeah, protests, yeah. a lot of civil unrest. Ahmaud Aubrey murdered Rayshard Brooks, which I think just really sent people over the edge again, right on the heels of George Floyd. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, man! Like uh, you've been, you right there in it. Um, tell us what's your thoughts on everything and how it's affecting you. Yeah. Um, so, you know the. My Arbery thing happened, <laughs> and then the George, you know, all of all of what's happening is so necessary, you know. But I'm mm. so the the Rayshard Brooks thing definitely sent people over. Actually, all of it sends us over, right? But George Floyd actually is what sent everybody over, and mm. then as we're trying to, um, you know, as as we're mourning. Right mm-hmm. in, in the moments of of George Floyd's murder, this Rayshard Brooks thing, Brooks thing uh, happens, and I live right around the corner from that Wendy's mm. was killed at. Like it's not five minutes away, and um, and uh, they burn that thing down. But it's it's just time, man. Like how how you know how much more, uh. Do we need to, you know, like, can we take, you know, not even do we need to take, like, how much more can we take? And I think it's gotten to the point where um, there is no more. There will never be rest, I don't think, ever again if if, if police continue to kill uh, Black people, Black men, Black women. There will never be rest again, ever. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see people resting. You know, if this happens again in a week, it's a good, you know, if it happens again, it's gonna be. It's gonna get worse. Like it's just not gonna get better. It's not gonna get better. People are not gonna be happy until there is peace in this country. And I know that that's a stretch, <laughs> but 
Um, but we're seeing, you know, we're seeing things change and it, it's because, you know, it's just time. I really think our ancestors, <laughs> I really think our ancestors, um, you know, put that, put like, yeah, they, they thriving right now. <laughs> hey, you heard They're about that African thriving. dust headed over here to the south. Oh, my God. <laughs> Somebody said that's the ancestors right there. <laughs> What? That's definitely the ancestors. Yeah, but we have um I live on an avenue and so we have people pro like marching down here like last Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I just heard we heard a lot of like racket and I was like, what's going on? We go outside. They like it's a whole mob just just marching down the street. They did that all weekend, mm-hmm. twice a day. Um, cause also the police, the precinct is right down here too. So it's, it's, you know, it's right it's, there with the action at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me and some friends got on our bikes and rode, you know, rode out and kind of, you know, we didn't join it. We just observed it. You know what I mean? But I think it was a, like a, a group that was deliberate about their marching for sure. Cause they did it. Like I said, like a few times that weekend, um, but I love to see, you know, us band together and um and and fight for this and you know, we're all in agreement that, you know, it's it's a, you know, enough is enough. Yesterday I was uh going to the store, I get off the in, the the inner the freeway and um <laughs> there was a whole Juneteenth party in front of that Wendy's. Like they had the street blocked off. It was I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, whoa, guys. Like it was it was it was it was intense, but it was love. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was all love. It was all love. I saw some paddy wagons heading in that direction too when I was leaving. Mm-hmm. I, hope they, uh, I hope they weren't going to fool with them. I hope it didn't like I hope they ain't set it off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, um, right, right. Around there. But they definitely were partying right in that parking lot in front of that windy. We're going to find a way to do that no matter what's going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had to get yeah. that in. Yeah, yeah. How you uh, how do you interact with police? You know they don't discriminate. You've had your Sandra Blands of the world. Mm-hmm. How does Danielle interact with police if she's pulled over, if she's uh, maybe suspected as a person of interest? How are you handling that? Um... Are you how getting booked? How I'm handling it? No, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to show them the respect they expect. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have, like, there, there's there's a, you know, I've been pulled over for sliding through a stop sign. And mm-hmm. an officer was telling me, you can't, oh, and I had, I think my license was suspended, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can't drive. And so they told my car. And um took it, you know, and took it mm-hmm. to the impound and uh and he was like, You can't drive without a license. And so I'm I had a couple drinks, so I'm like, Yes, I can. Like I can drive <laughs> my vehicle physically without a lot, you know. So I'm like talking to him, yeah. and he's like, Yes, but you can't. And we were like having this conversation, but it could have turned into something else. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. it could have. It definitely could have, but but you know, I wasn't I don't for the most part, I stay calm. I'm a pretty calm person for the most part. So um, that's my general disposition. That is me, like a, mm-hmm. just a peaceful person. And so, um, 
you know, how I how I've dealt with police is just, you know, what do what do you want? You know what I mean? <laughs> tell me what you know, tell me what you want, what I did. I'll ask what did I was what was I pulled over for? Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. And um yeah, I just I'm you know, I can't I'm not I'm not here to try to overpower, you know, uh, a police officer or the police. And um, and, and a lot of times, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're if they have to give you a ticket, if they have to arrest you because of some shit you did. Um, can I curse on here? You can do um, whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, then, you know, like they have a job to do, but. A lot of times in these cases um, that we've seen lately, they abuse that position and that power and um, and and they they don't know how to react. They don't know. You know what I mean? Like we don't know the level of stress that a lot of these officers are under. Anybody is under. Right. The person that's being right. you know pulled over and the officer. We don't know. And, and, it, and it's, um, you know, it can go there. Mm-hmm. For me, like I say, I just, I just keep it calm. I've never had a problem with with police ever, um, but that's me, you know. Right. Uh, Rayshard Brooks can be found talking about probation, mm-hmm. uh, well, online on video. Um, I don't know if that man was flagged. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know, it, it's just so ironic uh, that he was just standing there talking to the officers. This is what pissed me off. For damn near 40 minutes, he's coherent. He's calm. We know he's been drinking, but 40 minutes, man, that man could have been at home. You could have easily called an Uber uh, or let him walk home like he offered to do. Like, Ironically, a friend of mine, we were just having this conversation because we were just talking about how anxious we were feeling. You know mm. about things, and we were just like, you know, and 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 angry, you know, mm. uh, and we were like, this was before Rayshard Brooks. This is after George Floyd, and we were talking about like how he 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 literally used this example. He was like, if I'm if I if you pull me over, and you can tell I've been drinking, or you know I've been drinking, um, just take me home, like give me a ride home. And we'll, you know, we'll figure out the car stuff later. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like don't, like you know, I don't. Why do I have to be arrested and taken right. for drinking? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, take me to the house and let me. You take my car, right? Okay, I shouldn't be driving, but take me home. Mm-hmm. And the man literally said he lived around the corner. Um, it's just it was so many factors in that that just were you know it's always very confusing when it's like how how did it end up that you killed this man <laughs> like right. you know a woman like how how did how did that happen it's just always like terrible judgment I believe I think you know even the officers that are coming out and saying like he you know the officer was not wrong. <sighs> How can he not be? This man is 12, 15 feet down the street. You cannot shoot anybody in the back. You're going to have to take that loss, man. If you can't catch up to him and trip him or something like that, come on, man. I just feel like they don't pursue anymore. They just bop, bop. Like, it's just, let's let's do that. And so uh, there was an officer, sheriff, I believe, that who was saying, like, you know, an officer knows that 
an officer, all officers have been tased, right? That's a part of their training. Mm-hmm. This officer knew that, you know, um, that a taser would debilitate him for five, at least five seconds at, at the point where um, he, you know, he could have been shot, uh, you know, he could have been assaulted. Um, so it was him before Rayshard Brooks. Like it was, it was his life or Rayshard Brooks' life. And I'm like, that still doesn't make any sense because these, they're not using judgment. It's like, you don't have to use, <laughs> you know, like your, like your best judgment as a police officer. And that, that's stupid. When I hear people like kind of, when I hear other officers and, and people try to justify it, it's still like, so you're, so what you're saying is that they don't have to use best judgment. They don't have to. Right. And they get training for this stuff. They're pardoned. But I guarantee you best judgment. Their best judgment, they've been trained to, Mm -hmm. you know, know, and so it's 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 just it's a different world. It really is. Like they see a totally different threat than we see when we see this these things happening on on camera. You know, and as far as George Floyd, I don't you know, that I that guy, Chauvin, I, I don't even understand. And there's another thing that we spoke about. Um you know, we've been talking about, and it's how um, a lot of times I believe officers are embarrassed. And so they don't want to show that they're doing the wrong thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they just continue. So like the, the man, I think who nailed the man who knelt on George Floyd's neck, mm-hmm. he, he felt embarrassed. That was all that was about. He knew he like he didn't he his his suit and his 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 uniform and his badge protected him until those people started to uh mm-hmm. to to um to to try to correct his behavior like he mm-hmm. like this man can't breathe he's telling you he can't breathe and so at this point now you got he could if okay, I don't want to. I don't want to. Let me like. Let me not say. Come that. on, come on, come if on. People, if the people that the people that were like at him for doing what he was doing weren't there, he might not. George Floyd might have lived because that man was embarrassed. Mm. Like he knew he was what he was doing was wrong. He heard the man, but you know there are also other factors that play into it as well, right? People said mm-hmm. you know we know that he they worked together and they might have had. So you know I just. I don't know. Like, I don't know what, I don't, I don't understand a lot of these, you know, officers actions, but I try to figure it out. Cause I'm like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like they, they don't have to use judge, best judgment. And that's just, that's, that's ridiculous. So I just don't understand the need to be on the neck. If the other two officers were. <laughs> just down down as well. like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Like, what was his neck going to do to you? Was he going to headbutt you or something? He was already arrested. He had an officer on his legs. And then he had the hands in the pocket is what did it for me. That's all your body weight right there, man. I just, yeah, I just feel like um, they, it's fear. It's terrible judge, use of judgment. It's just, it's so many, there are so many factors that play. And it just, it's like, and these are the people that we are paying to mm. like, Protect us. Mm. This is ridiculous. Like this is a joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a joke. It's, it's like you know. And so that's what the defund the police or, or I, you know reform is is necessary. Police mm-hmm. reform, just like 
there's so many reforms that this country needs in order to operate like, you know, for us to operate like fucking real people and not animals. But that's enough, I, I, you know. We could talk about that all day, man. Yeah. <laughs> got a long way to go in this country. Absolutely. But, uh, Key to the City podcast, got the Queen Danielle Walls. I told her we were going to talk 20 minutes, but hell, it's been a great conversation. Coming up on 45. Huh? So you did say 20 minutes. I forgot all (laughs) But hey, that's what I like when the conversation gets so good, you lose track of time. But uh, uh, before I let you go, Mm -hmm. I got to jump back on the music tip, and I need your top five favorite Mississippi artists. Not necessarily lyricists, and these are. Your personal favorites. Okay, my personal favorites. Um, Skip Coon, Coke Boumaye, uh, Vitamin C, Crystal Jim, even though she's in in Cali. What up, Crystal? Is she out there permanently? Uh, I wanted to get her on the show. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if she's staying after she graduates, but I know she's there for school. Um, That's four. And uh, Judson Wright. Judson Ray. Wright. Wright. W-R-I-G-H-T. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah. These are these are my personal favorites. I mean, I can give you a list of a lot more, <laughs> but these are my per- personal favorites for different reasons. Okay, I'm uh had to check out that Judson Judson Wright. You said Justin mm-hmm. or Judson? Judson. Okay. Right. He was in the cut. He was, it was like a, a short lived group, but they were amazing. But he's a great, he's an, he's an amazing musician and, and talent. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how can people reach out to you if they, uh, they might have some questions for you? Might want to take the same path you took uh, music wise or might just want to chop it up to you, chop it up with you. How can they reach out to you? How can they find out more about Dope since 1980? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Instagram, of course. Um, I think I'm still Donnie, too, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Well, it's right yeah. there. Um, Facebook, I'm on Facebook, Danielle Walls. Uh, but Instagram, um, as far as Dope Since 1980, Instagram, same same handle, Dope Since 1980. Also, you know, my um, apparel is Uh Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anybody want to reach out? Feel feel free. Well, I look for you to come for you coming back towards the city, man. I want to link up with you and yeah. uh, what you what you've been getting into lately. You been out with the coronavirus, or you staying in, or what? Oh no, I'm I'm in the house. I, I'm staying out the way. <laughs> okay. I've been I've been in the house for since March 23rd or something like that. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just I gather with friends, like a small group of friends these days, if if that, but no, nah, I'm I'm just in the house. I don't it feels funny like going to the stores and stuff like that. If I feel naked almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. yeah, I haven't gotten you I did I have eaten at a restaurant though, which was it's it's strange to be like, oh, that was different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was doing <laughs> it like three months ago, you know, without thinking twice about it. But um yeah. It's, you know, people are out here, you know, and you wear a mask, you don't, you might have it, you might not. Like, you know, it's 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 a gamble, I think, yeah. but um, I'm just staying safe because I have mm-hmm. a huge job ahead of me 
uh, in a couple weeks. So I gotta, I gotta stay healthy. Okay. Yeah. Well, peace and blessings, and I hope everything works out with that. Um, I appreciate you joining my platform, man. Been trying to get you for a minute, so I feel accomplished. <laughs> and uh, I thank you for the support, and uh, I'm gonna support you as well. And uh, audience, y'all go support this queen. Follow, share, like, comment, uh, and buy clothing. And uh, shout out to uh, Mark Zuckerberg and the staff at Facebook. Y'all are some lames. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but thank you once again, Queen. Uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk. Holler yeah. when you're in the city, and I'll holler at you when I touch, in, touch down in the A sometime. But uh, most definitely, thank you again. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Key to the City. Y'all, y'all, you've been doing... You've been doing some work. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm happy. I'm happy that you, you're, you're doing your thing now. You know, there's another platform out there, uh, you know, to, to feature these, these conversations and, right. you know, and, and, and it's necessary. So yeah, shout out you and, uh, and keep it going, man. It's greatly appreciated, man. Well, yeah. peace and blessings. It's all love. You be safe out there. All right. And holla at me if you need anything on my end. Absolutely. You do the same. All right, Queen. Peace. Peace. Peace.